Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. Letter 9 to a woman around 1689. Dear Madame, I truly feel sorry for you. If you could entrust your concerns to Mr. and Mrs. N and concern yourself only with God, you would win a great victory. God does not ask a great deal of us. A brief remembrance from time to time, a brief act of adoration, occasionally to ask him for his grace or offer him your sufferings. At other times, to thank him for the graces he has given you and is giving you. In the midst of your work, find consolation in him as often as possible. During your meals and conversations, occasionally lift up your heart to him. The least little remembrance of him will always be most agreeable. You need not shout out. He is closer to us than we may think. We do not always have to be in church to be with God. We can make of our hearts an oratory, where we can withdraw from time to time to converse with him there, gently, humbly, and lovingly. Everyone is capable of these familiar conversations with God, some more some less. He knows what we can do. Let's try. Perhaps he is only looking for the right intention on our part. Courage. We have only a short time left to live. You are nearly 64, and I am almost 80. Let us live and die with God. Sufferings will always be sweet and pleasant, when we are with him. And without him, the greatest pleasures are cruel punishment. May he be blessed by all. Amen. Gradually become accustomed to adoring him in this way, asking him for his grace, offering him your heart from time to time, during the day, while at work, at every possible moment. Do not force yourself to follow special rules or practice private devotions. Do this in faith, with love and humility. You can assure Mr. and Mrs. N and Miss N of my poor prayers and that I am their servant and particularly yours in our Lord, brother. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, apostle of Rome, child of Mary, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
there is a seeking after perfection, which is holy and good. Be perfect, Jesus says, as your heavenly father is perfect. And then there is a perfectionism, a kind of disordered desire for perfection. And what does that mean? Well, it could mean wanting to be perfect too quickly. It could mean wanting to be perfect for one's own satisfaction, to kind of feel good about oneself, for one's own glory. But then there is the perfectionism, which tries to do things perfectly in a misguided way, in a naive way. This kind of perfectionism forgets about original sin. This kind of perfectionism presumes that we're stronger than we are. And it waits to do things until it has the perfect motive or the perfect opportunity. And when it can't do something as perfectly as it imagines it should, he or she doesn't act. Such perfectionism likes to say, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. And all this is true in a certain sense. But it's also true that the enemy of the good is the perfect. The enemy of the good is the perfect. What does that mean? It means that we sometimes fail to do something good, some achievable, actual good thing, because we aimed at doing it perfectly, which we weren't able to achieve. And therefore we missed out on both. The enemy of the good is the perfect sometimes because instead of actually doing the good thing, we had this idea of a perfect, which was the enemy of a getting the good thing done. And so G.K. Chesterton liked to undermine a false perfectionism that can paralyze us. A false perfectionism makes us anxious and self-reliant by saying this, if something is worth doing, it's worth doing badly. If something is worth doing, it's worth doing badly. In other words, in this chapter, if something is worth doing, namely the practice of the presence of God, adoring God, thanking God, speaking to God, if those things are worth doing, they're worth doing badly. They're worth doing imperfectly because they're worth doing. And it's better to do it in an imperfect way than not to do it at all. And why is this so relevant for this chapter? Because in this chapter, Brother Lawrence shows his humanity. In this little letter, he shows us how sensible he is about what's concretely, actually achievable. And he also shows us who God is. God, he says, does not ask a great deal of us. 
God does not ask a great deal of us. See, the false perfectionism hates that kind of saying. The false perfectionism says, no, no, God asks a great deal of us. You got to do something great. And in a way, it's true. But when people say that, they sometimes mean, I expect a great deal from myself because I'm a special person. I'm God's gift to the world. Don't you know that? And I'm going to do great things because I'm great. Well, what we need to remember, though, it's not what great things the saints do. It's what great things God does in his saints. And any perfection we seek after, any holiness we seek after, Brother Lawrence reminds us earlier on, do it for God. Don't focus so much on self. Focus on God, his will. And in fact, God might ask a great deal of us. But in comparison to himself, <laughs> whatever he asks of us is small. Whatever we can achieve is small in relation to God's infinite goodness. So what does he ask? Not a great deal. A brief remembrance from time to time. A brief act of adoration. Occasionally to ask him for his grace. Occasionally. See that word? Occasionally. From time to time. A brief. Offer him your sufferings. Thank him for the graces he's given you or is giving you. This is what God really likes us to do. Occasionally lift up your hearts to him when you're eating, talking, listening to a podcast. First of all, because it will be agreeable to us. Lifting our minds to God is good for us. Don't want to do it in a loud way. He's very close to us. In fact, we don't even have to be in church. Like Teresa of Avila, like Catherine of Siena. He wants us to make a little house of prayer in our hearts. He wants us to withdraw into our hearts where God dwells and be humble with him, loving with him, gentle with him. And everyone is capable of this. And so Brother Lawrence is telling us, the enemy of the good is the perfect. Don't think because I'm not constantly 24-7 thinking of God I shouldn't even start the practice of the presence of God. Oh, because I, I'm so bad at it, I shouldn't really start it until I'm perfect at it. No, start. Get going. Gradually become accustomed to adoring him. Gradually get accustomed to asking him for his grace. Gradually get accustomed to offering your heart to him. These things are so pleasing to God. We can't even imagine how pleasing they are. What's an analogy? Well, think of a little child, two-year-old, three-year-old. Doesn't do much, that little child. But every little effort, parent is so proud, so pleased. And God is our father. He's truly our father. And we are truly his children. But we're also truly fallen human beings, incredibly weak, 
incredibly selfish. And when God sees us thinking of him in the midst of this valley of tears, when God sees us turning to him ever so slightly, it gives joy to his heart. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.